Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are in the mood for fantasy football. We are Pro Football Network. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. With me as always is Tommy Garrett. You can reach me on Twitter at BJ Rudell. You can reach Tommy at Tommy Garrett PFN. We had an exciting week nine, uh, except those of us like me who lost. I need Pittsburgh to get about 30 uh, defensive special team points. So I'll be watching that game uh, intently. Uh, we want to start with uh, uh, basically some injuries and we'll finish with injuries too, because there's enough of them to go around. Starting with Sam Darnold, uh, one of the most interesting stories of 2021, Tommy, uh, starts out uh, QB1, win their first three games, plays decently against Dallas. He's been, uh, fantasy-wise, atrocious uh, ever since. Yeah. He has an MRI on his shoulder. Uh, what's this, What are you looking at right now in terms of Carolina? Is P.J. Walker going to be the starter going forward, do you think, if you had to bet? I think it's probably going to be P.J. Walker. Um, the, he would have been the MVP of the XFL for the Houston Roughnecks if that they would have kept going. Um, with Sam Darnold, it's... The Panthers say they're going to get him get him checked out, and you know we'll see if he's healthy. Like Sam Darnold is not going to be healthy for the next game, one way or another. Like whether or not it's legitimate or not, who knows? But yeah, Sam Darnold. It's once the rushing touchdowns dropped off, like we knew that was really stabilizing his floor. And if he started playing and regressing back to what we used to see, then we knew it was going to fall off. We look at the last couple of weeks and like quarterback twenty six, twenty three, currently twenty seven right now. He's completed less than 20 passes uh, since week six. Uh, every time he's, he's maxed out right now at he hasn't had 300 yards since week four. Um, mm. and, it, and it turned like it's destroying DJ Moore. I put a tweet out earlier and it's and DJ Moore like he went from like wide receiver seven, like over the past couple weeks, wide receiver 58, 38, 26, 43 and 44 for wow. DJ Moore. Um, so he's now not only has he tanked his own uh, cap draft capital and um upside he's destroying the wide receivers at the same time like now dj Moore and robbie anderson are are do we even start him i mean robbie anderson at this point is droppable but right you bring pj walker in there i think he can bring a little bit more upside than what they're getting right now it's not saying a lot you don't love it uh in terms of the matchups and all that stuff but they've got to do something uh and maybe matt rule and joe brady can figure something out with pj walker because it can't be sam donald right now healthy or unhealthy and we've talked about this before uh carolina's uh, tommy just alluded to it but uh, carolina's Fantasy playoff schedule includes two games against the Bucks, one against the Bills, one against the Saints. The Bucks are in Week 18. Um, you, you should know that going in. I mean, there's you can't help it sometimes when you draft players. You got to just draft the best player. But at a certain point, you got to look. And if it's a brutal fantasy playoff schedule, yep. and that's about as tough as it can get, yep. Um, then hopefully you're you've made other plans, or you can fool someone into trading for DJ Moore. Um, by showing them old YouTube clips of PJ Walker on the Roughnecks. I'm um, literally wearing my Houston Roughneck socks right now. Just that is them. just for this show. This is a perfect yep. uh, segue to sock wear. Uh, next to uh, Tagovailoa, um, he hurt his finger 
and was active but out in week nine, which was an interesting designation. Like he could play in an emergency, but I don't know what a one-win Dolphins team would constitute as an emergency uh, to get him in there. Uh, so what, you know, Jacoby Brissett certainly didn't have his best game, uh, by any stretch. In fact, Miami's defense and Houston's defense, I think outscored, uh, Brissett and Tyrod Taylor in fantasy. Um, what do you do with Tua? Do you think that this is, uh, something that could affect him the rest of the season or, uh, are you, are you still holding steady with Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki? I don't think it'll affect him rest of the season. Um, I mean, we're already seeing someone like, you know, um, Russell Wilson making a comeback pretty quickly. It all it all depends on how quick he comes back. Um, I don't think he'll play this week just because the Miami Dolphins do end up have a Thursday game this week. So it's it would have a very quick uh, time for him to get healthy. They don't need to rush anything. It's like you said, this is a Miami Dolphins team. Like, you're not competing for anything. Um, so I, I feel like it probably just end up running with uh, Jacoby Brissett. Because Zeki and Waddle both end up having decent days over the weekend. Uh, so I think he, it, you're not asking him to try to, to do an entire offense. Like the entire passing game is being condensed right now down into two players because you had Preston Williams, who was also out. Will Fuller's on the IR. Devontae Parker's also hurt. So it's you're not exactly having to facilitate an entire massive offense like you with some of these other teams. So I think I think Brissett can handle that. He's a veteran. He's done it enough times before. It's I don't love him. He's going to be like a low QB2. Like you're not starting him unless you're in like a two QB or super flex league. Um, but I think he'll do enough to where both where Waddle will be in that high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, and Gasecki will remain a, a tight end one. Uh, it's, I think it'll be pretty easy for this week at least. How about Russell Wilson? He could be back this weekend. Uh, patient yep. fantasy managers are celebrating those who had particularly Tyler Lockett for two of the last three weeks, although he did well last week. Um, must be rejoicing. Uh, DK Metcalf stabilizes, even though he's done as well as anyone could have hoped with Geno Smith under center. Uh, Russell Wilson returning. Do we? Do you think Wilson goes back to being a top eight, top six quarterback, or is there any yeah. risk that this is a more run-friendly offense? I'm good with uh, Russell Wilson being back inside the QB1. Uh, it'd be one thing if they still had Chris Carson uh, and he was active and they were willing to you know, run the ball and pound the rock with him. Uh, but there have been enough concerns over Chris Carson and his neck, um, and he's not even really back yet. So, I mean, leading on, you know, Alex Collins, Rashad Penny, like this run game is pretty much non-existent right now. Uh, so I don't see any reason why Russell Wilson wouldn't come back to a substantial workload. Uh, like I said, DJ Moore, I mean, not DJ Moore, but uh, DK Metcalf goes back to being, you know, a locked-in wide receiver one. And, and Tyler Lockett, he's apparently either going to be a top-five wide receiver or he's going to be outside the top 50. Like, there, there's no in-between with this guy. Like, he is the absolute definition of boomer bust. I mean, we look back to last year, like, four of his games accounted for over 50% of his fantasy points, and you're getting the same thing right here. It's There's no trusting him, and you just, okay, you either hope that he does something and it's one of the weeks where he just goes off. He's a top five. He's going to win you the week, or you're just going to get absolutely nothing. And he's going to lose it for you. Like there is no in between with this guy. It's yeah. so frustrating trying to watch. I don't know how fantasy managers deal with him. There's no way I'd have him on my team. I'd be selling him off after this. And then people hoping that Russell Wilson comes back. He makes Tyler Lockett somehow consistent. I don't see it. Um, for me, I would use the Russell Wilson narrative and your advantage in a trade right now. Speaking of boom bust, uh, let's segue to receivers. Deshaun Jackson, who for me personified the boom bust receiver 
you know, as I think someone had done a, a study back in 2012 or 2013, I don't think it was like a doctorate study. I think it was just some casual fantasy fan, but showed how Deshaun Jackson had the biggest variance of great games and bad games in fantasy of any receiver. And, uh, you know, he's now on the Raiders. So do we think that Deshaun Jackson uh, can carve out a niche that he couldn't carve out with the Rams? Or is this just someone at the end of his career who is latching onto a team, hoping to get some playing time, but realistically is looking at one or two catches for 40 yards? I don't think it's going to be any better situation than what he was just in. Uh, you look at what the, what the LA Rams are doing. Now, granted, the Rams have you know Robert Woods and they have Cooper Cup, so you have plenty of options on that team. So he was always kind of fighting with Van Jefferson for something else. You go to the Raiders where they only really have Hunter Renfro and you have Brian Edwards in terms of your pass catchers at wide receivers, and then you have Darren Waller as like the main target hog on this offense. There's a role for him to fill. Like they need that vertical pass, uh, pass threat. And Deshaun Jackson's one of the top ten vertical threats of all time. Um, but in that same nature, like the style of where he is targeted and how he plays is always going to be volatile for fantasy. Um, that's always going to be the issue for him. And do you play him? Can you trust him? Not really, unless you're like in a deeper league. I mean, he was just coming from an offense with Matthew Stafford and wasn't really getting a lot done anyway. So I don't see him getting a lot better when you go to uh, to Derek Carr. Uh, so for me personally, I would like, unless I'm in a deeper league, I'm probably not going to touch him. Um, I think it's just going to be more fun just to watch just play in the NFL because he's just one of those electric players that can kind of stretch a field. He might open some things up down low, some uh, more lower to intermediate kind of routes for the other guys. Uh, but it's not exactly someone I'm going out there and spending a high waiver claim on this week. Yeah, good call. Uh, Antonio Brown looks like he may be out week 10. Uh, frustrates the heck out of me uh, as someone who was really hoping that I could uh, win another game this regular season in fantasy. <laughs> I, I need Antonio Brown back. Uh, that said, two weeks ago, I pushed Tyler Johnson. He was a bust. Last week, he actually came through with about 11 and a half fantasy points. This week, he's in my sleeper article coming out soon. Tyler Johnson. I love that guy. I want him on my team. I'm probably going to try to pick him up Wednesday. What do you yep, see? I'm with you. you think you would, Yeah. What do you, yep. what do you think is realistic for a guy like Tyler Johnson, especially if Kronk sits? I think, I mean, realistically, I mean, anything wide receiver four and above, I think you're, you're happy with, uh, if he finishes inside the top 40, even better. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you're all, does he get that a touchdown? If he yeah. scores a touchdown instantly, he's a wide receiver three. Yeah. Um, but I think the floor is going to be like that wide receiver, wide receiver four. He's going to he's a flex play. Um, gets Washington this week. We know Washington is awful. Um, regardless of what happened with the whole Denver game, like they should have absolutely blown up in that one. I trust Tom Brady to do what should have happened in that game and make that uh, go through. Uh, Washington gives the second most fancy points to receivers, uh, giving up over 43 points per game uh, to the position. You take away Antonio Brown, who has been his top target all season. Like I said, Gronk is dealing with. First, it was dealing with the rib injuries. Now he has like back spasms. Might be back, maybe not. Who knows? We know Antonio Brown. He won't be back despite riding his bicycle around in a walking boot, which is just typical Antonio Brown. Uh, so yeah, Tyler Johnson. Like if he's going to be out there, probably in the majority of of uh, of fantasy leagues out there on the waiver wire, I would grab him if you need a flex play for this week. Makes a lot of sense on a high volume offense. Uh, and how about Odell Beckham Jr.? Um, I had an article a few days ago. Uh, that, and by the way, Tommy has tons of articles too. I'm just 
promote in a couple of mine. But I had one a couple of days ago about a, a fantasy impact of OBJ landing spots and uh, all 30 teams, not the Giants, not the Browns, but all 30 teams. Where is he going to be at his best as a fantasy asset? Where is he going to be at his worst, essentially, depending on where he ends up? And I, I landed on the Packers as being the number one option. Um, I felt like they desperately need uh, a number two, and I'm not sure that Beckham is, is mentally or physically prepared to be a number two, but the door is open, um, and that offense can score when Jordan Love is not a quarterback. So I guess my question for you is, if you had Beckham on your team right now, are there any other places, not to put the pressure on you here, but are there any other places that you think, oh, I'd love for him to go there because I think he could be a, a 70-yard, you know, six-catch kind of guy? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, could the Colts use him, for example, if, if T.Y. Hill? They could, but they're getting Michael Pittman Jr., and he's emerging, and they absolutely love him. And that also doesn't fit, like, Frank Wright, and that doesn't fit their M.O., um, and with and Greg Ballard, like they don't want to go after guys who I don't want to call them a character issue. It's not the right way, but they have a certain personality of player they want on their team. And if someone doesn't fit that mold, it seems like they don't want them a part of that organization. Um, so I don't know if if Odo Beckham would mesh uh, to me personally. I, it, I could see it. I would like to see it a little bit. Like him and Carson Wentz, but I don't like what it would do probably to Michael Pittman. Um, Seattle, I could see because they're still looking for a number th- a number three. Yeah. Um, like I said, would he be willing to do that? I don't know. I could see him wanting to play with Russell Wilson, though. I think that could be interesting. You want to talk about yeah. a dangerous trio, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Odo Beckham Jr. That would be fun to watch. I'd have um, to go back too and see did Russell Wilson ever have a number three receiver? Because I I'm looking back in the days of Doug Baldwin, yeah, um, when he had Jimmy yeah. Graham briefly, but I don't think he ever had. I think it's always been two guys. Not that I can think. And then I'm sure someone will tell us. And then it's just, and then there's a steep drop off. Yeah, like every, I mean, I could, every time I could see that happen. Um, San Francisco, I could see. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's you finally got something out of Brandon Ayuk for the first time. Debo Samuel, he's yeah. been a little banged up, but I mean, he's still doing his thing. Um, then you and get George to go to a, back. What What about the Patriots? They're, to me, I mean, they're yeah. they're five and four. He wants to go to a contender. Mm-hmm. The Patriot Bill Belichick is just the type of head coach to say, I want him. Yeah, I can see that one. Absolutely. Um, do I love that for fantasy, though? Not as much. That's a, it seems more like a better NFL play than a fantasy play. Like Jacoby yeah. Myers is getting tons of he, he's getting looks, but I mean, he can't even score a touchdown. So I'm right. like, this is the it's a passing offense that doesn't exactly breed a lot of fantasy upside for wide receivers. I mean, they have, even they're dealing with injuries right now at the running back position with two of their top running backs dealing with head injuries. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could see Odell Beckham Jr. going there. I don't. I just don't know if I would call the the Patriots a playoff contender. Like, I don't. I don't think that's what he's looking for. Um, if you want to do something like that, go to Baltimore. Go there yeah. and go because you already know what the Baltimore. You play them twice a year. You know what that team has. You have Marquise Brown. You've got Lamar Jackson. You got Rashad Bateman on this team. Devin Duvernay's on the squad as well. Mark Andrews. Like, you want to talk about a very already loaded offense. Throw Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. onto the mix. You want to talk about a playoff contending team that all of a sudden, boom, they go to another level? That would be one of them. All right, you heard it, you heard it here first. Um, Tommy Garrett, Baltimore Ravens. Oh, is this going to be the Joe Flacco 2.0? That'll be the Joe Flacco 2.0. Oh, God, and it'll I be so. in your, your book, uh, Where OBJ Will Go. You're, it's coming out in 2024 on Simon & Schuster. Um, uh, 
because I'm sure he'll go somewhere else by then. I'd love to tell you about today's sponsor of In The Mood, and that is X-Chair. Those of you who are regular listeners know that I do have bad back issues. I've had it for over 20 years. I actually, Tommy, I've never told you this. I hurt my back uh, doing a a stage dive uh, in an improvisational comedy show uh, back in 2003. And the adrenaline uh, of of, of it was so big that I did not realize that I just destroyed my back uh, until uh, a couple hours after the show ended. Do what I have done 17 years later, 18 years later, uh, which is get an X-chair. Uh, my back has been uh, giving me problems for years. Uh, this X-chair is incredibly comfortable. Uh, it conforms to my back. Uh, I use it every day at work. Um, I use it every day while researching fantasy stats that I then talk about with Tommy uh, on Slack messaging. Uh, and I do it right here behind me on this podcast. It is, I'm sitting on it. So I highly recommend X-Chair. It's been terrific for me. It can be terrific for many of you. If you are interested, go to xchairpfn.com now. That's the letter X, chair, pfn.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. And you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. XchairPFN.com. By the way, I've had this for more than 30 days. I'm not giving it back. Speaking of backs, running backs. How's that for a segue, Tommy? Uh, Let's talk about those two Patriots that you alluded to getting hurt, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, within a few minutes of each other, both head injuries. Uh, I don't think we want to see J.J. Taylor and uh, and Bolden uh, uh, leading the uh, Patriots in their next game. Uh, Although if they do, there would be very good waiver ads. But for now, uh, what do we make of if, if Stevenson and Harris both come back this week, do you think Harris is still the number one or do you think it's more muddled than that? I think Harris is a locked in one. Uh, the Patriots had their chance to take away some of his touches after he had the fumble and was already dealing with some, uh, it's like dealing with his rib chest injury, like, and he's done nothing but just absolutely go off ever since. Uh, go back over the last couple of weeks, running back 13, 3, 18, this week 26, simply due to the injury. Um, he's been absolutely killing it. Uh, 80 yards in three of his last four games, like minus last week. Uh, like I said, just dealing with the, the injury where he had to leave early. Uh, they haven't confirmed whether or not he ended up suffering a concussion. concussion. Same thing with Ramadre Stevenson. Uh, but anytime someone leaves with a head injury and they don't come back, that's yeah. more than likely what it is. Like New England has historically always been tight-lipped when it comes to injuries and what's going on with the players, so I'm sure we'll probably find out as someone will leak it eventually throughout the one of the beat reporters coming up probably around Wednesday. So we end up hearing a lot more of this. Um, assuming Harry's place, like I said, he'll, he'll be a locked-in one. Uh, gets a decent matchup against Cleveland. They're not the hardest team to run the ball against. And there's a team like with Mac Jones, like as good as he has been playing, they're wanting to pound the ball. Uh, so I yeah, absolutely love Damian Harris. If he doesn't play, um, the same thing for Ramadre Stevenson. Uh, I think Brandon Bolton actually gets, it becomes a fairly sneaky play this week because uh, yeah. they'll need someone else in there. He's already getting some work in the passing game as they try to replace that, you know, the Rex Burkhead, James White kind of role of, the, of years past. Uh, so I think Bolton does end up becoming a fairly sneaky play of FA. Uh, Maybe like a deeper, like a fourteen team, like league kind of guy could be a flex play, uh, but it all depends on what happens above him because otherwise he wouldn't be really relevant this week. And I always feel like with Bill Belichick, I always feel like whatever the defense expects him to do, he does something different. So it's like Bolden has this huge game in the passing game like three weeks ago. Everyone runs that when they beat the Jets, you know, crushed them. He went hog wild and then you know got nothing the next game, and it's just like that's. 
that's what you get when you when you gamble on a Patriot. But you're yeah, right. I mean, I mean, I mean ten touches last well. week. Now that's 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 worthwhile in a yeah. flex play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of worthwhile flex play, Zeke Elliott. Not to say he's flex play, but he had a knee contusion. Tony Pollard. We talked about this before the show. After getting ten plus touches weeks two through seven each game from weeks two through seven, uh, he hasn't or weeks two through six, whatever it was. Last two games, uh, he's been silent pretty much. Do we, my theory is that against uh, uh, who do they play this? Uh, it's going to be an easy game from what I saw. Now yeah, the I Falcons remember. this week. That's right, the Falcons. That this is a you know a rebound game. They get upset by Denver at home. Not really an upset, but it is an upset, especially the way they lost. Oh, it's absolutely an upset. Denver had been terrible in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, Denver had underperformed, but there's still Denver is a is a playoff caliber team. It's just that Denver happened to crush them. I mean, they were up thirty to nothing, which was shocking. And so the question becomes: Does Dallas look at what happened with Zeke Elliott and go, okay, maybe we should get Pollard more in the fold? Maybe we need to be a little more cautious with Elliott. How do fantasy managers react to this? Do you think I'm overreacting or do you think Pollard gets back to being kind of the 10 touch guy that he was earlier? I don't think it's overreacting. Um, I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys absolutely know they have something special with Tony Pollard. Um, so, I mean, they're going to get him the ball. Um, I think one of the reasons like you can only run the ball so much is because you have Dak Prescott and you have this incredible plethora of pass catching receiver and pass catching options, whether it's Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson, even here recently stepping up, you've got CD Lamb and Mark, Cooper. they're going to give back Michael Gallup. So like you don't need to be a run first team. And at some point, someone's going to get left out of the mix. Um, it makes sense if they do end up wanting to give Tony Pollard some extra touches to help de- help Zeke deal with his knee contusion, whatever he's dealing with. Um, I don't think it'll cause it's not going to cause him to miss any time, but if it ends up being more like of a 60 40 split than what we've seen recently, then yeah, makes makes all the sense in the world. What about uh, the biggest story probably coming out of this week in terms of an injury was Chase Edmonds uh, could go on injured reserve. James Connor, uh, who I had given up on two years ago, um, in the belief that what he did when Le'Veon Bell sat out was. Uh, more a circumstance of having an incredible offensive line and uh, kind of catching defenses by surprise. I don't think he never profiled in college and coming out of college as a, 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 a bell cow. He profiled as, a, you know, a, a complimentary back. That was kind of his peak coming out of college. What he's doing now just seems out of this world. Uh, and I hate myself for not seeing it coming because I never even thought to draft James Conner this summer. I just figured, well, Chase Edmonds, of course, top 20 running back. Conner's going to be a kind of a glorified handcuff. Um, what, first of all, you know, Benjamin, uh, the rookie, is he worth picking up and realistically starting in deep leagues? And is James Conner really an RB1? Can we now just call him an RB1 and say he's a top 12 back? Um, we'll start with, you know, Benjamin, um, career high game for him. Uh, Brandon wasn't saying much cause he was left inactive all of last season, uh, ends up getting nine rushes, second, for 39 right. yards. Not a, a second touchdown. year. That's right. Yeah. It's a second year player. Yeah, he was that's in, right. he was just left inactive all of last season coming out of Arizona state. If they drafted him, right. um, got the angry run, which I'm sure, uh, Kyle Brandt absolutely loved cause he absolutely took Drake or Patrick's soul on that run. Uh, getting when he got his touchdown. 
Uh, he's going to be factored into the mix. It's a high-profile offense, very high scoring. Uh, so he'll continue to get use in this offense. So I think he's absolutely worth rostering, especially for the good chance. Like, we might not see Chase Edmonds again until the fantasy playoffs. Um, so if that's going to happen, like they're dealing with a high ankle sprain, I, I do expect them to put him on the IR personally. So that'll put him at a 13, uh, three game minimum that he will be out. Uh, so for me, I think that absolutely makes, you know, Benjamin a must add and waivers this week. And in terms of James Conner, look, the guy's leading the NFL in touchdowns. Uh, you can't not fault what's going on right now and you can't look away from it. Um, to me, he, he, it seemed it was, it was going to be like way more of a mix. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be with Chase Evans. Like for me, James Conner was a lot closer to that higher end RB three, uh, this season with, with Chase Evans in that RB 24 kind of range. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually I liked Connor coming into it just because I thought there was a role. Um, and if he was able to take away some of that rushing volume from Kyler Murray, we were going to see a fairly productive player inside the red zone, which is where he's kind of done his damage. Like yes. the best way to keep James Connor on the field was by keeping him off the field. And that was what happened in Pittsburgh. And why they started doing the more the rotational kind of plays. If he's healthy, he's a great player. Like we know that. Yeah. Um, and so it's that's why I think that you see more work with you know Benjamin is because they don't want to run Connor 21 times like they just did this week. That's not going to sustain him throughout the entire season for what they're hoping is going to be a playoff run and eventually leading potentially to a Super Bowl berth. Um, so I think James Connor is going to have RB1 upside. I'm probably going to rank him somewhere like that muddy like RB13 to RB14 range where just things are kind of just like just kind of muddy every week. Like you have these yeah, guys that are always going to be locked way. in. Yeah, it's yeah. the the players don't change. They just kind of change the order somewhat, like between like that six, between the like eight through fourteen range. Like you're, he's an absolute must start every week, and he's going to have RB one upside, especially if he's going to be getting all of the looks and hopefully also adding in the receiving work that you know that um, Chase Evans was seeing. Yeah, a, f- a few stats that jump out at me when he was playing alongside Chase Edmonds, he only had five catches in his first seven games. So everything he was doing. Just what you said, those red zone touches, getting into the end zone. I mean, that was the difference between him and Javante Williams most weeks. I mean, that's it's basically the touchdowns. Um, and then this past week, going off for five receptions because Edmonds is out early uh, and he rumbles for nearly 100 yards. And the thing that fascinates me also about Connor is that those first five weeks, he basically was running about 3.4, 3.3 yards a carry. I mean, he was scuffling, but he was scoring. So he was doing kind of a Darrell Williams kind of routine in Kansas City where he was still the guy that you can look to near the end zone and he's going to find the end zone. But now it's like he's on this other level. He's running a lot better. He's been 4.4 yards per carry or better the last four games. It's like he's hit another gear. And I'd love to know, like, you know, as a non-insider, for those who are on the inside, if anyone listening works for the Cardinals, tell us after the season, what changed? Because when someone like this, who's been around the block for a few years in the NFL, they just shift gears. Is it is it scheme change? Is it is a, is a line? You know, maybe there's a, a lineman who was hurt who came back that I'm not aware of, but something changed and suddenly Connor leapfrogged Edmonds, uh, and it's it's been really impressive and shocking to see. I think a big um, thing to the, the stands off for me in this game is that James Connor ran 21 routes over the weekend. Like Probably. to me, that's a staggering stat right there. That's that's just leading to that that uh receiving upside that he's now going to get from Chase Evans' absence. That's right. Um, great call. Dawson Knox coming back maybe as soon as this week. Uh, you pointed out before the show, it's like what uh, maybe the Bills might have won if they had had Dawson Knox yesterday. 
Um, if, uh, couldn't have done much worse. Couldn't have done much worse. Uh, Knox, uh, does he go back to being a TE1, you think, when he gets back? I mean, he was top four, I think, top five in fantasy when he went down. Yeah, I mean, Grant, Still, it wasn't necessarily a volume. It was coming off all off touchdown upside. Yeah, um, that's what worries me because it's a, the it's thing a is, crowded like, receiving okay, core. We called it t- a tight end one. So let's look at what happened last week. Um, it was, oh, God, what was the hell the guy's name? It was Steven Anderson. Like, I can't even remember. The, like, this. He's never really been a thing before for the Chargers. Yeah. He ends up being the tight end four on the week in PPR scoring, okay? Yeah. He caught four receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. That's all it takes to be a tight end one in fantasy football. Like, that's how low the floor is. Yeah. And that's, but yeah, and that, if you score a touchdown, you're guaranteed. And that's why Dawson Knox was playing at the level that he was and producing it the way he was because he was getting the touchdowns. Yeah. The top six are pretty much locked in. It's, and then we have that next tier. And I think that's where Dawson Knox really fits in that Gazeki, Goddard, Dawson Knox, uh, Noah Fant, Zach Ertz yeah. kind of range. I think yeah. that's where he fits in. Like if you have him, he's a weekly starter. Just something like throw Rob, Gron- Rob Gronkowski in there when he's healthy. I think that's like you have like your elite range of like your Kelsey Pitts, Waller, Andrew. Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson. Like you have this range and then you have yeah. the ones just below it. He fits in there when he's healthy. It's a high volume attack. We know they like him in the red zone. So, yeah, he would absolutely be a, a starter for me, especially in this week. If he does come back, they get the New York Jets who are very susceptible to the tight end. I love selling high big TD scores uh, before the TDs stop coming. Basically, if if their fantasy production, you know, is 20, 30, 40 percent because of touchdowns, maybe it's a good time. And 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 then the inverse is true. Like Cole Beasley, I pushed him a couple of weeks ago as a buy low because the yards and the targets and the receptions were still the same as last year. He just wasn't scoring. So, you know, you you factor that in and you say eventually the touchdowns come around and these things start to even out. That's one of my uh, favorite stats, like because I do a lot of stuff on my back end. One of my favorite things I do is I have it's it's the percentage of fantasy points a player is getting strictly from um from time from touchdowns. Oh, nice! And kind yeah. of look and see who is really overproducing. It's, it's the same thing like it's fantasy points based expectations, the yeah. same kind of thing. Like tight, like right. touchdowns aren't sticky, and it's hard to rely on them. We know it's a volatile stat, so to see guys right. who are really overproducing or underproducing based right. off where they're at, then you can kind of see guys at target who potentially sell away. And tight ends are often tight ends and backup running backs are, are often kind of at the top of that list. Cause you get, I remember Kyle, it, I used to call it Kyle Rudolph syndrome. You know, that year he had like eight or nine touchdowns and he had like 500 yards and he might've gotten a big contract off of that, but like a lot, he, he was a top 10 t- tight end the next summer based on fantasy points, but not based on yards and receptions. It was because of the touchdowns. And I think Eric Ebron, his his breakout year came from that's touchdowns. Right. We look right. at running backs. We can go back to last year. Antonio Gibson, seven touchdowns on fifty five carries. Now, granted, the the shin injury isn't helping him, but that's stuff that's it's always going to regress. So you've got to kind of yeah. you got to the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, that that sticks very true to fantasy football. Wow, I I, I kind of want to end it there. The truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, but let's uh, just mention uh, Pat Fryermuth one more time because you mentioned Eric Ebron and. Uh, Farmer's playing tonight, Monday Night Football. Uh, Tommy and I have both pushed him for a couple of weeks. Um, not pushed him to play better. We've pushed him on this podcast and in our writings uh, as someone to pick up and start. Uh, he's had seven, I think it's seven targets in each of the last two games. Uh, and he probably, by the time some of you are listening to this, he will have gotten another 50 yards and a touchdown tonight 
against the Bears. So uh, my question for you, Tommy, is where do you think, this is looking ahead, but for those in Dynasty, is Friarmouth the top eight tight end next year? In like in terms of like Dynasty rankings or where he's going to finish at next where year? Where he's going to finish next year. Do you think oh, he, he is? I would love to say yes. I'll, I'll put it this way. In Dynasty rankings, I would have him as a low end tight end one in rankings. Yeah. I don't know if he will finish there simply because I don't have any clarification on the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback position. Yes. We know that Ben will be gone after this year. Do they go after Matt Corral? Do you go after Kenny Pickett? Like, how do you do you go for a veteran? So I right. think that's going to very much determine what the upside will be for guys like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, who after I redid my dynasty rankings on Saturday, he's my RB2 right now in dynasty. Wow. Uh, so it's the quarterback position is going to be going to be very it's going to determine a lot on what the yeah. upside is, especially for someone like Pat Fryermuth, because he's playing with a quarterback who loves to target the tight end. And the tight end position is the hardest position to learn in the NFL. You got to learn the blocking assignments. You got to learn the different line calls. You got to learn all the routes, all the audibles, how to catch, how to block, how to run routes. Like that's why you don't see guys break out and have phenomenal years in there as a rookie. So what he's doing right now, if we're seeing this as like a midseason breakout, that's what's so special about him. Like if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, he would have been by far yeah. and away the tight end one without yeah. question. Yeah. Um. So for me, I mean, I think he's inside that. That, uh, that top 12 tight ends in terms of dynasty rankings where he finishes. I need to know what, who's going to be the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. Maybe Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh. I'd love it. Yeah. Give me Russell Wilson. Give me Aaron Rodgers. Just give me someone. Because uh, right now, anything would be better than Ben Roethlisberger the way he's playing. playing. <laughs> Maybe Sam Darnold. All right. Can we uh, not go there? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is uh, BJ Rudell with me as always. Tommy Garrett, Pro Football Network. And uh, uh, powered by X Chair, we appreciate you being with us today on the In the Mood podcast. Keep us posted on your questions, on all of your successes with fantasy. We love hearing about it on Twitter and anywhere else you can find us. And we look forward to seeing you next time.